0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, August 14th, 2022. Warped. God said it, I believe it, and that sells it. Good morning, Connection Church. morning. Well, it is a glorious day to be part of God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Especially since it's only going to get to be 82 today. Gotta love that. Yeah. So this month we're looking at some expressions that at first sound pretty solid, maybe even Biblical. But, but when we look a little closer, we see that maybe there's a little flaw in there. I realize maybe it isn't so solid after all, they're a little off-track, a little questionable, like, like in the old days, a vinyl record sitting in the back seat in 95 degree heat, and uh, you get done, you get a little bit of a warp. Yeah, it's a little warped. Last week we considered the expression, love the sinner, hate the sin. Today we're going to take a look at God said it, I believe it, that settles it.
1: Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do want to welcome you and also those of you who are joining us online. So we are One Church, Many Locations, and our online engagement host is Mary Gallhart who is engaging our online community from Oklahoma. That's where she lives. So we truly are all over the place, and it is so awesome. Welcome aboard, Mary. Let's
0: pray. And everybody else. And everybody else,
1: yeah. God, thank you that we have technology to reach people all over the place, and that we are gathered from a lot of different states, and um, perhaps even different continents. Lord, guide our words that we may be crystal clear in, in the message that you would want us to share. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Well, what could be wrong with that? What could be wrong with that statement? Well, we're going to take it apart and see how it's just a little bit off. Wonky. Wonky, as (laughs) Deb would say. Wonky. All right, let's start with God said it. In the second in the book in the Bible, Second Timothy, verse three, ver, or chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen, we read this: All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That's for right living for us, and so that the servant of God, that's us, may be thoroughly equipped
0: for every good work. Mm okay so let's look at this god breathed that's interesting isn't it god breathed you know, breathe that that word uh, uh, breath, breath spirit uh, wind uh, god breathed the original greek is theonustos theo means god nustos means breathe god breathed god inspired but we still have to wonder what does that mean god breathed god inspired um, some subscribe, subscribe to what's called the dictation theory. It's as though God, um, the writers of Scripture were, were just passive and merely wrote down exactly what God said, what God dictated. And you think, well, what's the challenge there? Well, if there's any challenge, I think it would be that um, we would expect then the voice throughout the Bible to be consistent, to be similar to be the same if they were writing exactly down. You know, there wouldn't be much variation throughout the Bible from one book to the next. There would be a similar way of speaking the Word, of, of writing the Word, but but there are differences, aren't there? There are differences just in the type. There's poetry, there's history, there's prophecy, there's letters, and you can tell when you read them the, the style, the, the way it's written. They're written by different people. There's different style there. Be, there should be a consistent tone throughout if, if, if God was, it was directly from God to the page, so to speak. Um, and, and, and the books like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why would we need four books? I mean, if it was that one story without any variation, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make much sense uh, because when we do read through different writers, you, you, when you read Paul, you know it's Paul. Uh, when you read uh, another writer, when you need da- read David, you know it's David. When you read the first books of the Bible, you know they, Moses put them down. Uh, there's, there's differences there, and told by different voices, written in different styles.
1: So that's the dictation theory where the hand is just merely being, you know, directed. It is, God, we're, stay with us on this, Okay. God is authoritative. I want to establish that right now in his word. Another approach then is known as dynamic inspiration. In this understanding, truth comes from God. But God allowed the writer to use his own words and own personality communicating God's truth. That would explain some of the differences in style that Alan was talking about. Yes, it's absolutely God's voice coming through, but with some different authors. And so that would explain some of the differences in the gospel stories.
0: Well, like Matthew wrote to a Jewish audience, Luke wrote as a a, a physician, wrote to a more widespread, and you can tell he has scientific, he has medical things in in his account. There's there's they they gear it toward their audience, so to speak. So God said it. God said it. Yeah, God did say it. The challenge here, God may have said it, but it may have been a specific context uh, that has changed and no longer applies. It doesn't mean it wasn't true or valuable or useful, but some things may have shifted. Adam Hamilton in his book Half Truths points out just such an example. Uh, This is from Deuteronomy 23rd chapter, verses 12 through 14. This is kind of humorous. You might wonder why it's in church, but it's in the Bible, so we figured we could share it. Check this out. Designate a place outside the camp where you can go to relieve yourself. That's what the Scripture says. As part of your equipment, have something to dig with. And when you relieve yourself, dig a hole, cover up your excrement. For the Lord your God moves about in your camp to protect you and to deliver your enemies to you. Your camp must be Holy so that he will not see among you anything indecent and turn away from you.
1: All right, so let's take a look at this. In the 1880s, the indoor plumbing was just coming into use. And so this particular passage caused some controversy. (laughs) People who knew Scripture said there was great debate and challenge Many took this passage to mean that God was against indoor plumbing. You know, we can twist and turn uh, Scripture any way we want, and that seems ridiculous to us. I mean, we don't think a thing about it now. But that hasn't always been the case. God may have said it, and God did say it, but most of us would say that this particular thing um, has changed over time. That being said, the message that God intended through this has not changed over time. Yeah,
0: I mean, the point here was, this is a holy place, amen? And we are to keep it holy. Whether our plumbing's inside or outside, we're to keep this place holy, consecrated, sacred. And we're not to, 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 to mess that up. We're not to take it other than that, no matter where we do our business. Amen? Amen. So God said it. I believe it. The challenge then is Where? what is it that we believe? Because God may have said it, but does anybody here understand every single passage in the Bible? I know I don't. I've been to school and I still don't. That's not to say that it's not useful and valuable. I just think I'm not, I don't yet know what it means, but you know, to say, God said, that's true. Um, uh, God said, I believe, well, you better make sure what you believe. Do, do you understand what God's saying? You know, it's especially if you're not familiar with a custom, and, and it gets kind of, it gets kind of crazy. Check this out, Romans 12:17 through 21. This is the New International Version. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Uh, that's okay, right? Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Sounds good so far, right? Do not take advantage, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If, If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will reap, You will heap burning coals on his head. What? What's going on? Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
1: So when we're reading this passage clear up until the very end, it all makes sense. It's like, yes, this is it. It's, it's really clear until we get to that heaping burning coals thing and it's like well what does god mean because god's saying you know feed your enemies if they're thirsty give them something to drink and then this initial read of the heaping burning coals does not seem to be a good thing
0: unless you know what it really means see Back in that day, the, the way they uh, kept heat, was burning coal. You know, now we use gas or whatever, but burning coals. And if your fire went out, it was hard to start. So somebody would give you some of their hot coals, and the way they transported them was, I don't know what the thing looks like, but it was something on their head. Does it start to make sense now? So when you say, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If thirsty, give him something to drink. In this way, you'll be doing something good for him, as though you were giving him some heaping burning coals on his head to reignite his fire. All of a sudden, it sounds, it makes sense. But without that, you can't say, well, I believe, because you don't even know what it's talking about. I didn't anyway. It, 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 it seems like it's figures, but it really isn't. Uh, the next thing we don't even have to say that figurative speech because it's an actual thing. But it doesn't make sense to us because it's a different time, different place, and we have to do a little research to understand. The so meaning. that's why yeah.
1: it's crucial for us to read the Bible, to be in small group, to to try to understand what God is saying. And God will reveal things to us every single time we read if we're open to the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of metaphors in the Bible. Now, a metaphor is an implied comparison that is not to be taken literally. And so an example of this is Jesus is the light of the world. Well, that that seems right to us, but he's not like one of these lights. Jesus enlightens the world. He brings light to our world. Uh, Jesus is the bread of life. I'm not going to open up a piece. It's not literal bread, but he is. He is the one who feeds me and sustains me. Uh, Jesus is the lamb of God, you know, the little lamb. Well, he is the sacrifice. He represents what they did so many years ago in sacrificing God's best, God's purest, God's lamb is what Jesus was for us the sacrificial lamb. And so the Bible is full of this figurative language, uh, but it's all for a purpose. It's all to expand us, to help us understand, because God is so big that it's hard to, he's hard to understand. And so we get all of these things put together that help us realize who he is
0: and whose we are. And figurative language isn't any less valuable than, than literal language, it's, it's no less true. It's absolutely true if we understand what the, what the figure of speech is, what the metaphor is, what it represents, but it's important to understand. And our challenge then also is to know what's the literal and what's the figurative, where are we, you know, because there are some things people today want to say are figurative that are not, like, like perhaps the trinity or perhaps the... Uh, the resurrection. The resurrection. And we take that literal. If somebody takes it uh, figuratively, now we have a problem, don't we? Because that's a huge difference if it actually happened or if it just represents something. You know, we all have kind of a scale from the literal to the figurative, fully figurative, fully literal. I don't think anyone actually thinks everything in the Bible is literal, and nobody can think everything's literal. But we're all in between, and we, 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 all of us are at a different place on this. I mean, even Carrie and I, I'm sure fall somewhat different, We're not exactly the same. We don't think exactly the same. But it's important for us to, to know what we, what we believe and to understand what that Bible is telling us, both literally and figuratively.
1: God said it. I believe it. That settles it. So, that sounds simple but it really is anything but simple. It is not so cut and dried. It sounds as if the person who says that has it all figured out and that they know everything that God has to teach us, that they know every ounce of truth that's in here. The scriptures are complex. (laughs) There's subtle nuances with great implications for our lives when it comes to meaning And interpretation and to reduce this to a simple saying worthy of a bumper sticker or a t-shirt which is how this whole idea kind of bubbled up because we were on the the boardwalk and you know those t-shirt stores where they've got we stop and reread all those (laughs) t-shirts and some we should read and some we shouldn't read
0: (laughs) most we shouldn't (laughs)
1: But this was on a t-shirt, and it kind of caught our attention. It's like, huh, all right. You know, it's a simple saying, but God is so much more complex than that.
0: Mm. And, you know, it would be so easy to say, you know, that Bible's just, I, I, I can't get it. I, I'm not going to bother with it. We could, but we can't. Because the, descript- the, the scriptures are just too important. They hold too much for our lives. I mean, it's the most important book ever written. We can't ignore it. It deserves our attention, it deserves our study, it deserves our willingness to ponder and to question and to wrestle with and to come up with some kind of answer. It's important to uh, sometimes, not just sometimes, all the time, to seek the help of the Holy Spirit when we go to read and understand the Scripture. It's important maybe to use some other sources. You know, we aren't the be-all and end-all of knowledge. So we might want to use a a commentary. We might want to use some online sources, but I'm going to caution you because always remember, those sources aren't the Scripture. Even the footnotes in your Bible are not the Scripture. And that's one person or two person or committee's uh, understanding and approach. And that might be far different than than yours or your understanding. Some people are more liberal, some more conservative. And those footnotes, those commentaries, those online are going to reflect their understanding of Scripture, their understanding of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so you have to be careful of what you're reading and what they're saying. Just the same, though, it's important to, to try to understand fully what we're reading. See, um, I, I, fully, I fully believe that God sometimes wants us to wrestle with that Scripture. Don't you? I mean, He, he wants us to grapple with it. He wants us to, to try to figure it. Why? Because He wants us to make it important. And, and, and we grapple with it and, and to find the challenge in there. And to, we have to work to, and, we find, and we come up and we realize what it means something that maybe is hidden in that passage, and we, wow, I never thought of that. And you have this like aha moment, and, and, and you get ever closer to God as you understand, as, as we find deeper, deeper meaning in his holy word.
1: The Bible is intended for us to read, read individually, and also read together in community. To be explored and to be discussed together. Just as, sorry, just as we are meant to live in community, caring for one another, we're also meant to share in God's word together. As Alan said, to grapple, to wrestle together. Because in my life, when I read the word and the Holy Spirit reveals something to me, it's like, Wow, and I'm just sucked in to get closer and closer in my relationship and what God wants from me. Every Thursday night at our praise team, we have we spend some time together in devotion. And Paul had the devotion on Thursday, and you started Paul with 1 Corinthians 13: love is patient, what love is kind. And what does kind mean? So he was doing some self-reflection about what that meant to him and where he was. But then in his study with this kind word, it went to here and then it went to here and then it went to here. And I'm like, wow, I am so thankful that we were together to study and to talk about it. and then pray, we discuss and then we prayed together as just that one word kind went from here to here to here to here and it's all God's truth and it's like it just unfolds and it affects us and gets in us and changes us and transforms us and if we said I believe it that settles it like there's no room for that if, if we just reduce it to that statement. The other thing that we are so passionate about here at Connection is study together. Uh, We've already shared that. Uh, George, you've been on Wednesday nights doing a revelation study, and those who have attended the scriptures just unfolded to them. They've learned a lot about revelation. It's a very difficult book to understand. We're going to have Disciple Bible Study. It's online. It'll be on Zoom. So wherever we are in whatever state, we can do that together. We have an Alpha. Dot and Paul are facilitating that. That's for those who are maybe toward the beginning of their journey. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? How do I pray? How do I read the Bible? Those are the topics for Alpha. We really are passionate about everybody jumping in and learning more about Jesus and the life that he offers.
0: Don't forget small groups.
1: Oh, I forgot. My small group (laughs) on Friday morning is my lifeline because we study together, we do different things, but then hearing from my sisters about how they hear the scripture and then maybe some personal accountability for me. Woo, sometimes it's so you know, stepping on my toes. Another time it's like, yeah, and I know anybody here that's been in a small group understands exactly what we're talking about. Small group enrollment will begin in two weeks. So there will be something for everybody. You can join a small group. You can be a part of Alpha You can be a part of Disciple Bible Study, and that will be a great fall lineup for all of us to get connected.
0: By the way, Disciple's looking at the books of Luke and Acts. You know, it's like part one and part two of the same book.
1: So, um, Barry, (laughs) could somebody from your team let Amy know that we're just going to run over a little bit and Peter know? Because we're at 1125.
0: (laughs) Unless we talk really fast.
1: (laughs) I don't want to miss this next part. It's the best part.
0: So that settles it. That sounds like there's no more discussion, that my mind's closed, I'm done thinking about it. I don't think that's ever true when we're talking about God, do you? That we're done, that we can't wrestle. When we're talking about God's word, it's Mm, It's forever opening up to us new insights either directly or through others. And so can we ever, ever say, that settles it. Oh my. Oh my.
1: There are passages in here that we absolutely take literally. And we want to be clear about that here today. It's not metaphor that jesus died and rose from the grave it is not metaphor that jesus is the way the truth and the life that is absolute and that is what we hang our hat on the bible is authoritative the bible speaks to us and tells us truth it tells us how to live spiritually and it tells us how to live morally A lot of years ago, hundreds of years ago, a group of people took the truth of scripture and wrote the Apostles' Creed. This might be something that many of you are familiar with if you've been in church. And in the Apostles' Creed, this is what we believe that is not debatable. Let's share the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I know we've already said that when we did the baptism. This is not an accident to say it again because we want to be crystal clear in what we believe in, in who. We believe in. And just
0: so we're crystal clear, some people have said to me, I don't get that uh, holy Catholic Church business. I mean, what do we have to do with a Catholic Church? Well, it's not the notice. it's not the Roman Catholic Church, which is the you know the church that the Pope is in charge of. The Holy Catholic Church, Catholic in that sense just means universal or widespread or worldwide, the church at large. That's what Catholic in that case means. So when we're saying Holy Catholic Church means we we believe that the church is what God has instituted on this earth for us to gather, to share, and to, uh, and to believe, and to, and to worship. So, there we go. <laughs> Here's what we believe. Jesus was fully human, yet fully divine. We believe he lived, he was crucified, he died, he was buried. He rose from the dead, and he continues to live seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty. Literally. No metaphor. No metaphor here. And, there, and, and, and the one other thing, I mean, there's a lot that we believe, but the one thing we know for certain that we take absolutely literally and that we believe without hesitation, we shared it last week, but it's so important we're going to share it again, John three sixteen to 17. Say it with me, will you? For God, God so, so loved, loved the world, the world that, that he, he gave, gave his, his one and, and only, only Son... Son. That, that whoever, whoever believes, believes in, in him shall not perish but have, have eternal life. For God, God did not send his son into the world, world to condemn the, the world, but to, to save the world through him. God loved you so much that he sacrificed his one and only son that, that, that you won't perish. Isn't that just incredible? You, 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 each and every one of you. Yeah. So that each and every one of you would be saved. Wow. That you would have eternal life with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here's the cool news. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He just came to save you. It doesn't get any better than that amen
1: so in our culture there's a lot of confusion and there's truth that has perhaps become relative truth but this is absolute truth all scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness righteousness is God is right, God is perfect, God is holy, and as Christians or believers, we are called to imitate Christ and to live in his righteousness. And to do that, we have to know the scripture. So that the servant of God, which is, again, us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's not warped. So instead of God said it, I believe it, that settles it. How about this? God breathed it. I'm working on understanding it. I'll never be finished. For God forever is revealing himself to us. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God. Thank you for your holy word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet. You are the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. For I am convinced that nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I will fight for you, says the Lord, you only need to be still. God is love all that Lord are the scriptures that you have given us and so much more help us stand upon your truth and live it even when it's hard help us be disciples and live into your holiness by your Holy Spirit Lord correct us when we need that Thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness that came through your death. You gave it all for us, but for your resurrection, new life. We thank you and praise your holy name. In the name of the Father and the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray all this. Everybody agreed and said,
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connect the people with Jesus and the new life He offers.